This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today. AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. And uh, my name is Walker Wildman. And once again, this is Exposing Washington. A couple things to, to touch on before we move into the topics of today for the show. Number one, if you are looking for a last minute place for party comparisons, then we have the information you need. American Family Association published a party comparison guide which uh, compares the two parties and where they stand on various issues as it relates to the election. And so you can go to afa.net to get that party platform comparison uh, or I will post it on the podcast page at AFR.net. I'll post it at the podcast page at AFR. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, at AFR.net. Um, actually, that's uh, at AFAaction.net. So that that party platform comparison is actually posted at AFAaction.net. But not only at AFAaction.net can you get the party platform comparison guide, but you can also get the iVoter guide, which actually breaks it down and and tells you more information about the various candidates on the ballot. So at afaaction.net, that's our 501c4 affiliate of American Family Association and American Family Radio, there's a lot of great informative, uh, a lot of great information there at afaaction.net. So go there, be an informed voter, and uh, get all the information you need to make a good decision, uh, an informed decision at the ballot box on Tuesday. This Tuesday, November 3rd, is election day. So make sure you get out and vote. Make sure you study up on the issues, study up on who will be on the ballot, whether it be at the local level or the federal level. Make sure you're informed. Go out Tuesday and exercise your right to vote. Another thing is we will be having election coverage, live election coverage on Tuesday night beginning at 6 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. Central, throughout the rest of the night, we will be doing a live election coverage. So uh, go there, and you can actually register um, uh, to uh, receive a reminder about uh, election coverage. So a lot of great uh, content will be and news we'll be providing on election night. Jumping right into the topics of today, you know, the, the Hunter Biden slash Joe Biden scandal hasn't gone away despite the fact that the media, the mainstream media, the big tech giants, they are not covering this story. 
as a matter of fact, they are trying to suppress this story. They are trying to artificially suppress the story about the Biden family corruption. And that fact alone speaks volumes about where we, where we are. That speaks volumes about where we are in our country and where these companies stand when it comes to the two candidates. The fact that they, that these Silicon Valley big tech conglomerates are colluding to squash negative stories about one candidate, Joe Biden, and on the other hand, they're cutting off Twitter accounts associated with President Trump That alone, that fact alone speaks volumes about where they stand. Where they stand is they want to tilt the scales, they want to tip the scales in favor of Joe Biden. That is evident, that is clear, that is undisputable, undeniable. And you see that with their actions. And they pledged back, we played the clip here on the show In 2016, in the days following the election, many of these companies, Google specifically, had a staff meeting where they committed to do more. Here's their words. We will do more next cycle, talking about 2020. They will do more to influence the election in 2020. And here they are. They are doing their part to help Joe Biden. But we're still going to talk about the story. What is the story? We talked about it last week. Well, since then, the New York Post has continually been dropping information about the Biden family business deals with foreign governments, with foreign entities. And one of the key facts that was really corroborated this past week is the fact that when Joe Biden was vice president, he was receiving money from China. He was receiving money from other countries and other governments, according to the evidence. Specifically, as it relates to the Chinese to the deal to the Biden family deal with China one of their major energy companies along with the Chinese government they're basically all one thing over there regarding that business deal there is an email that has now been released by one of the business partners named Tony Bobolinsky he has released an email which says this regarding the Chinese-Biden business deal while Joe Biden is vice president. Here's the breakdown in the email about the equity, where the equity will go, how the equity will be divided. It says 20% for H, 20% for H is Hunter Biden, It goes down a few other business partners, 20% for RW, that's the initials of a business partner, 20% for JG, that's uh, the initials of a business partner, 
20% for TB, which is Tony Bobolinsky, who is now releasing these emails. 10% for Jim, Jim Biden. 10% held by H. Hunter for the big guy. 10% equity in this Chinese business deal held by H. Hunter Biden for the big guy. Who is the big guy? Well, as it turns out, Tony Bobolinsky, the former business partner of Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, has now publicly come out on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News and confirmed that the big guy is Joe Biden. The big guy in these business deals is former Vice President Joe Biden. So according to all the evidence we have, we can now say with confidence that while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, he was knowingly involved with his son Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, his brother, in business deals with foreign governments and foreign businesses. Not only was he involved, but he was profiting according to these documents. He was profiting from the business deals. And ironically, you see this email where it says Hunter Biden will hold 10% for the big guy, Joe Biden. When you look at the final agreement, the final contract, Jim Biden has 20% equity. Well, in this email, it's saying that Jim Biden only needs 10%. So if you wonder how on earth these politicians get away with this type corruption, it's because they know just how to work the deals to not get in legal jeopardy. So what do they do? They give Jim Biden 20% equity, and guess what Jim Biden does when he gets the money? He divides it in two, he splits the equity when he has the money, and he gives 10% to his brother, Joe Biden, Vice President of the United States. That's how this works. It happens all the time. And I'm not exaggerating. Peter Schweitzer, author of Clinton Cash, along with various other books, Profiles of Corruption, Profiles in Corruption, outlines how these families in Washington, D.C. get rich off of our country. Not off of our country. They get rich off of their position in our country with foreign governments. And it is purely corrupt. And it causes these elected officials, including Joe Biden, to be extremely conflicted when they're governing to such an extent that they cannot, I'm convinced, cannot govern effectively when they are conflicted with various business deals in foreign countries. That is the news story. That is what is going on with the Biden family, and that is what is being revealed. The mainstream media won't cover it. The big tech companies want to squash it, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. So we'll provide a link to that New York Post article on our podcast page at AFR.net. An interesting fact when we're talking about the campaign cycle, and if you watch, if you read the polls... Many of them would show Joe Biden leading 
in states all across the country, including key battleground states, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona. Many of them show Joe Biden ahead in the polls. Well, what's not being talked about as much is how some of these same polls got it completely wrong in 2016. And as I said last week, I'm open to being wrong. We've all been wrong at times in our lives. But last time we were at this rodeo, the pollsters were way off. They were way out of touch with the voters of this country. And they missed this election in 2016. They missed it by several percentage points. Some of them missed it by double digits. So I say that only to say this. That it very well could be that they get it wrong again. And there's, there's various articles out there about what is called the secret Trump vote. It is voters who like President Trump. They want to vote for him, but they just don't want to talk about it. They just don't want to tell a random person on the phone who they're voting for. So they either don't say anything or they actually say the opposite candidate. We've seen examples of that. But I think there's going to have to be a reckoning amongst polling firms should they get it wrong again. Because these polling companies cannot, with a straight face, continue to use the same formulas year after year and continually get it wrong and mislead the American people. Because it's one thing to get it wrong, but it's another thing to claim credibility time after time again. So we're going to keep an eye on that, and we're going to see how election night goes. Who knows? I might be wrong. The polls may be right. They may be spot on. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'm urging caution amongst the media pundits who are claiming a Biden landslide victory on Tuesday. Because some of the same folks did the same thing in 2016. And they were wrong. They ended up being completely wrong. And some apologized. Others didn't. So we'll see how that goes on Tuesday. Similar topic on as it relates to the election. One issue that we could have, and, and you're probably saying, please, Walker, no more, no more issues. We need positive stories, and, and I get it. We'll maybe end on a positive note. But there's still millions of mail-in ballots or mail ballots that haven't been returned in various key states across the country. Let me just name a few. And I'll explain after this why this is important. In Florida, 1.9 million ballots, this is as of this past week, 1.9 million ballots were still outstanding. These are mail-in ballots. 
where people requested a ballot to mail in. 960,000 in Nevada, 850,000 in Michigan, 1 million in Pennsylvania. Those are very important states. And I only say that to say it could leave many, many of us in, uh, in limbo. Well, really, the entire news industry in limbo on election night if we still have hundreds of thousands of ballots still outstanding. And, of course, there are deadlines. But it could be where we are one week, if not two weeks past the election, waiting on a winner to be declared. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that, and I hope that's not the case. It would be great for the American people if we had a clear winner on election night, if not uh, the day after at the latest. That would be a best-case scenario. Back on the um, on the election and the Biden scandal, there's a couple clips I want to play. As I mentioned, the media does, they just don't want to talk about this. The left-wing media, they just don't want to talk about it. But I'm going to play a clip here. This is clip two. This is MSNBC, one of their hosts, interviewing Peter Navarro, who's actually the trade advisor for the president. And she says, well, I want to know about President Trump's finances. I want to know who all President Trump is in debt to. And Peter Navarro brilliantly turns the tables on MSNBC. Let's listen to clip two. You mentioned as a national security measure. From a national security perspective, do you think we need to know who President Trump personally owes over $400 million to in the next four years? I understand that he's a business person. They owe all sorts of money, but it would be normal to disclose who they owe that money to. Um, Well, the touche point here is uh, would be simply, do you think we ought to know more about Hunter Biden's laptop and that? So let's not go there. Uh, We've had a really good conversation for your viewers. I think when we stick on the policy issues, I think that's really important at this stage. uh, If we can just as we as we do the closing arguments on each side, stay on policy. I think that'd be really good. Absolutely. We should note Hunter Biden isn't running for president. That argument has been debunked. And I raised it because you mentioned a national security issue. Peter, I thank you for joining. Oh, man, there you have it. That's uh, that's uh, that's some garbage right there. That's some garbage. That host, the host saying the Hunter Biden story has been debunked. Let's talk about President Trump's finances. Who does he have loans with? And then Peter Navarro says, "Ah, let's not go there, because if we go there, we're going to have to talk about Hunter Biden and the Biden family business deals with foreign governments. To which she says, that story's been debunked. That is not true. If anything, the story has been corroborated by multiple people. This is so misleading. This is so misleading, so dishonest, and it's a disservice to viewers. To want to bring up the Trump finances, which it's fine, whatever, bring it up. Let's talk about it. Where's his loans? Who were the four hundred million or whatever President Trump has in loans still outstanding, which he's a multi-billion dollar business 
person still, even though he's president, he still has holdings. Which multi-billionaire doesn't have loans in this country? Loans are not uncommon, especially when you're a real estate developer like President Trump. But I get it. We want to know where those where those monies are held, which banks hold them. But at the same on the same token, they they don't want to talk about Joe Biden and his family getting rich while vice president with foreign entities, foreign governments. They don't want to talk about it. And not only do they not want to talk about it, they say, well, that's been debunked. When we all know, based on the evidence we've talked about, it has not been debunked. As a matter of fact, it has been corroborated. And that dis- that displays, and it's clear, that that is what is wrong with Washington, D.C. Many, many politicians, elected officials, for decades, and I don't know when this began, when they found this loophole, probably since before I was born and beyond, but for decades, let's just say that, politicians in Washington, D.C., have risen to the top, risen to the place, the place of very powerful position, to a place of, of very much power in Washington, in our government, in Congress. And then some of them, what they do is, instead of just focusing on their job being a lawmaker, they get sidetracked. And they get their sons, they get their daughters, they get their spouses, they get their cousins, they get their brothers, their sisters, to get entangled with foreign countries and even domestic uh, companies with these lavish multi-million dollar business deals that have absolutely nothing to do with their position. As a matter of fact... Hunter Biden had no experience in energy. Yet he's running these private equity firms partnering with China and Ukraine and Russia on talking about energy, managing energy funds, and he has zero experience in that field. It's one thing to be a well-known businessman and be in construction, if you will, And then you get elected to Congress and you stay in construction and you stay a businessman. But to enter public office like Joe Biden and the Biden family with not much private entity, private company, private practice experience in some kind of field or specialty, and then to all of a sudden become multimillionaires overnight is suspicious. And it's clear what's happening here, and I've talked about it over and over again. But until we get this problem fixed in Washington, we're really not going to see different results. And I hate to say that, but it's true. As long as we have conflicted politicians with their allegiance torn between foreign companies, foreign governments, and I say 
both of those every time because it's both. When their allegiance is torn, they cannot effectively govern for our country. It's like a private company, the CEO, the top stakeholder in a private company, also holding a stake in their top competitor. That's the analogy that fits perfectly here. Imagine a private company CEO having a 50% stake in his own company that he's CEO of and then also having a 50% stake in his competitor. There is going to be a struggle there on where the allegiance should be. Where the allegiance should be. Another topic I wanted to mention before we close out the sto- the the, uh, the show is uh, Dr. Fauci, Shepard Smith. I'm going to play this clip real quick. This is uh, Shepard Smith trying to force Dr. Fauci to recommend a mask mandate nationwide. Clip one. Let's listen. Dr. Anthony Fauci, now the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases, joins us. Uh, Dr. Fauci, thank you. Good to be with you. You've said a national mask mandate is maybe a good idea. Why maybe? Well, the reason is I would hope that we could pull together as a country and realize the importance. Yeah, we have not. And that's the reason why I said very clearly. Is it time for the mandate, Dr. Fauci? We lean on you for advice. Do we need a national mandate or not? Yes. Well, we do. If we don't get one, then I would hope that the governors and the mayors do it locally if it's not done nationally. But Dr. Fauci, but we need to get why would it not be it? done Fauci? Yes. Are you still, are, does the president's, do you, are you still in the president's ear or no? And if so, who, if not, who is? Well, I haven't spoken to the president in quite a while about the situation with regard to the outbreak. Uh, but I can why? tell you right now, regardless of that, What we do need is adherence to mandate or not. If mandate is needed, let's do a mandate. You're the one who decides what's needed, Dr. Fauci. Is it needed? I mean, we we go back and forth. Are you going to let me finish? (laughs) Well, there you have it. Shepard Smith of now CNBC is, is trying to force Dr. Fauci to say, yes, we need a national mandate, which I'm not even sure that's legal for the president to make me in Mississippi wear a mask to force it. There's no way that's legal, which is why it hasn't happened. Thankfully, we have a president who understands the law and respects the Constitution. But this has gotten out of hand. We have an upper respiratory virus in our country, and we need to learn how to cope with it. We need to learn how to deal with it without going off the cliff of insanity. We cannot shut down businesses. We cannot close our schools. We cannot completely alter the very fabric of our country over an upper respiratory virus. It is insanity. We must keep our sanity and keep our freedoms. That's the last I'll say about that. Make sure you vote on Tuesday, November 3rd. Tune in to American Family Radio for election night coverage. See you then.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.